Amen. This morning's scripture, the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2, as we began to talk about how Jesus was born uh, and how they ended up, you remember, in, in the stable because there was no room in the inn. And then this, the story continues in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left there and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, about, told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May God add God's blessing, the reading and hearing of this God's most holy world. And thank you, Wendy, for lighting the candles in our Advent wreath. We, we have been, uh, throughout the this, this season of Advent, talking about the promise of Christmas. And, and remember that, that God always keeps his word, right? And he's made promises to us. And we've been looking at some of those promises. And, and one of those promises uh, was the promise of waiting. And, and that in that waiting, there is always hope. With Christ, there is always hope. And we, we wait and we wait and we wait. But we know that in the end, God brings the victory. So we wait upon him knowing uh, that as we wait upon him, we will gain strength, we will gain courage, we will gra- gain hope. And in that hope, uh, we will celebrate his birth this uh, Thursday. And hopefully you celebrate on Friday as well. Also, the promise of his presence with us, God with us. That's an incredible promise and gives us incredible peace. Because if God is with us, as we just sang, who could stand against us? And sometimes when we uh, come to Christmas and and any Easter and all those uh, religious times together, uh, we sometimes get this uh, almost this backlash because the world is trying to transform all these things to something else. And sometimes as Christians, we get, oh, you know, uh, this is what it is. And, you know, so don't tell me happy holidays. Tell me Merry Christmas. And uh, we we need to remember that it's still Christmas, folks. (laughs) It's still Christmas. And we can celebrate and share that peace and not have to be so worried about that. God's going to work through that. And if he's in us, he's bringing his presence wherever we are. We don't have to fight those battles. We just have to stand for Jesus in the midst of them. 
And so uh, and sometimes that's hard to separate. And I get that. Uh, but remember that if you come across this as, as if you have to fight, um, then, then frequently people don't see you as a person of peace, do they? And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He came to bring us peace. And if his presence is with us, we should bring peace into situations. Uh, when you do your last minute shopping and see Pastor Dan there at the mall or wherever. Uh, Walmart. Walmart. Tuesday. Tuesday. Early this year. Wow. New leaf. Wow. I don't know how that'll work for you. <laughs> the bargains won't be quite as good, Dan. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but, but, but that last minute shopping where everybody is wound up and, hey, bring the peace of Jesus. Bring that gift, that present, the presence of Jesus. Okay. Uh, God with us. And, and also last week we talked about uh, no room, right? Uh, and uh, we talked about how uh, God comes and promises us room, space. And in that space, we can rejoice in what God has done. Uh, you know, it, when, when things get too tight uh, for us, when, when we get too busy, when we get too wound up, when we get too caught up, uh, we lose that sense of joy. What God is doing in the midst of it. And that's not just at Christmas. These things aren't just for Christmas, are they? They're all year long. We, we get caught up in, in our lives and we get all caught up in things and we don't make room and stop and say, OK, God, help me to have some room in my life so I can just simply celebrate your love and your presence and your grace. And that's what Christmas should do for us. And what do we do? We get caught up in all. Oh, we got to do this. We got to go there and we got to do this. We got to do that. And yeah, all these things that we got to do. Make sure you make room for Jesus this Christmas and simply celebrate what he has done for you and for me. It's a great gift. And then finally, uh, this, this Sunday, Christmas Sunday, we want to just recognize the promise, the greatest promise, and that's the promise of the good news that Jesus brings. It is good news that Jesus was born. Actually, it's great news. Now, our world has no idea what good news is. Because in our world, if you have good news, someone else has bad news. You ever notice that? If one person has good news, the other person has bad news. For instance, if, if Trump's ahead, Cruz is behind. It's good news for Trump, not so good for Cruz. That's if you're following the presidential election. Just saying, okay, uh, for the Republican side. If it's good news for Hillary, it's bad news for Barry. Okay, if, you, if you're a Democrat here, I don't want to. Bernie. Bernie, Barry, Bernie. <laughs> and if you remember his name, it's really bad news. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Don't talk politics. We shouldn't talk politics. Uh, but the truth is, if it's good news for one, it's bad news for others. Same way with tax cuts, right? Tax cuts for some, increases for most. Right? Isn't that how it works? That, that's, that's, the world, that's the world's view of good news. I got good news for you. I'm going to cut taxes here, but I'm going to increase them over here. That's the way good, good news works in the world. How about this? Good news, when you go to the uh, pump, it's going to cost you less. Bad news is oil industry employees are being laid off. It's good news for some, bad for others. You see, that's the way our world works with good news. Our world has no clue what good news really is. But our Lord and Savior has good news for us. The angels proclaim, behold this good news. 
of great joy. And so I want you to think this morning how blessed you are that you are a part, if you are a part, of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we want to look at this real good news this morning. It's the promise of God. And the exciting thing about this good news, first of all, is that it's for all people. The good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. Jesus came not to die just for you or just for me. Jesus came to die for the world. It's great news. That's why the angel says a savior has been born. And this savior was born not just to the Christians, not just to the Jews, not just to a few people. This savior was born for everyone. That's great news. Now, our world, when we walk into our world, our world is full of bad news. And why is it full of bad news? Well, it's full of bad news because people are not good people. And some people say, well, the way to take care of that is to have more power. If we have more power over the bad people, then we can overcome evil. The problem is that when we say if we have more power, we assume that we are good people. Right. And you all know that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Some people say, well, we could fix the problem if we built a wall. Keep the bad people out. What's the problem with that? They have ropes. (laughs) The real problem is when we build a wall, we keep the bad people in because we are not good in ourselves. Some people say, well, the solution is more social programs. If we had enough social programs, then we'd have better people. And the truth of the matter is you can have all the social programs in the world. And the problem isn't the outside. The problem is the inside. You see, we put Band-Aids on things rather than seeking the solution. The problem is it's the heart, right? That's why the Grinch was a problem. His heart was... Three sizes too small. That really wasn't his problem at all. His problem wasn't the size of his heart. The problem is that his heart was full of evil. And the truth of the matter is, that's true for all of us. Say, not me, Pastor. I'm a good person. Yeah, well, I hate to tell you, my guess is you have sinned. Not my guess. I'm positive you have sinned. Only because the word of God tells me that. I know I have sinned. I have evil in my heart. You have evil in your heart. As a matter of fact, the Ecclesiastes says that the hearts of people are full of evil and there is madness in their hearts. I love that madness in their hearts uh, while they live and afterward they join the dead. That's Ecclesiastes. You see, that's where we're at. That's the problem. The problem isn't that we don't have enough social programs to make us good or a wall to keep the bad out or or enough power to overcome the evil. The problem is the evils in here. And the good news, folks, the real good news is that Jesus came to change our hearts, to change the inside. And as he begins to change our inside, then we begin to be transformed by his love and his grace. And as he does that, all of the sudden, you see, the problem is no longer On the outside, it's on the inside, and it's being transformed. And some of you say, yeah, I I accepted Jesus, and my heart's transformed. No, your heart is being transformed. 
And Jesus is working hard at transforming your heart. You see, we got to be careful. We, we talk about good news and we talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. And we say it was for me because my heart was transformed. No, it's for everybody. Jesus wants to transform everybody's heart. And he's working on yours right now. And only you know where he's working. Or maybe your spouse. No, only you, or maybe your kids. No, only you know where he's working. Because he's working deep inside, trying to transform your heart to make you more like him. And as you open yourself up to him this Christmas, he will be transforming you and making you more and more and more like him. That's the good news. You don't have to stay the way you were. You can be different even today. If you'd allow Jesus to begin to work in those spots in your life. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, let me encourage you. If you begin to let Jesus work in your life right now, he will begin to transform the evil in your heart and he will, in the end, make you like him. And then you need not be afraid anymore. You need not be afraid of God. You need not be afraid of others. You need not be afraid of yourself. Because he is transforming you to be more like him. That's good news, folks. Y'all don't look like it's so good news. See? But, th- but that's good news. Jesus came to do that. And what's neat is that good news can bring you great joy. Now, I want to talk about joy a minute because we, we often think of joy, joy like Leninsky or... No, no, I don't want to talk about Joy Leninsky this morning. I want to talk about the joy that God gives us, although he did give us joy, which is. He gave us boys, both. both joys. Thank you. Yes. But I want to talk about that joy that Christ gives us within our lives. And this is what happens when you start letting God transform your heart through Jesus Christ. You then begin to build a gratitude for what he's doing because you begin to see your life change. And relationships become more meaningful and you begin to see your life change and your job becomes more meaningful and you begin to see your life change and school becomes more meaningful and you begin to see your life change, you see, and and the things of life become more meaningful. They're not just things you do anymore. They're things you do for Christ. And as you do that, you begin to see him work in small ways, sometimes subtle ways, sometimes big ways in your life. And as he begins to work, then all of a sudden you begin to get excited about what God is doing. And there begins to be this gratitude for his work in your life. And you experience joy. You with me? Some people think joy is this, oh, I'm happy, happy, happy. No, no. Uh, Real joy is the joy of seeing God at work in your life. Him using you. That's what brings real joy. Now, what's interesting is that joy is open to all people and most people don't know it, but they have this piece of it, you see, because it's Christmas time. And so they sing Christmas songs, holiday songs. They sing Christmas songs and, and they walk through the store and they hear those songs and it lifts their spirit. And they think, yeah, that's the joy of Christmas. No, that's a momentary happiness. And they'll have family in and maybe they'll have their kids in or their grandkids or or maybe a friend will show up and, and they'll say, oh, wow, that's the joy of the season. No, that's not the joy of the season. That's a momentary happiness. 
The good news that God has for us is that there's this joy, this deep inner gratitude for what God is doing in our lives. That's what he offers in Jesus Christ. That's good news. And you see, when you when you are experiencing that kind of joy, bad things can happen and you still have joy because, you know, God is at work in your life. That's joy. It's not happiness. It's joy. Our world thinks they understand joy because they sing joy to the world. Santa Claus has come. You see, they miss what really brings joy to someone's life. Do you have joy in your life? That's open for all people. All people can have that. And it's interesting to me that there's little pieces of it throughout the Christmas season. It's open to all people. But until you say yes to Jesus, you won't know it. It's for all people. But it's not just for all people. It's for the favored. Did you catch that? Do you know God has favorites? Do you know that? I I just want to ask you a question. Are you one of God's favorites? Now, be careful how you answer. You see, God has favorites, and and those favorites are not those that he just says, well, I like that one better than that one. Those favorites are his children. You ever notice that a good parent has favorite kids? They have favorites. Yeah. Exactly. Mike says all of them. That's right. All their kids are their favorites. And that's the way it should work in our lives, that we as the children of God, God looks at us and he says, ah, oh, there's one of my favorites right there. Oh, another one of my oh, look, one of my favorites over there. Uh, one of my favorites there. Now, be careful, because wouldn't it be great to be a favorite of God, to know that God thinks you're special, that he thinks you're just one of the tops and he wants to just bless you with his favor over and over again. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Wouldn't you like to just have God's favor being poured upon you? Be careful. You know I'm setting you up. I I just want you to think a minute uh, because I want you to think about people that God favored in Scripture. God favored Abraham. Didn't he favor Abraham? And he calls Abraham to go to a place he didn't know. And he went... He didn't have a road map. He didn't have anything. He just followed God and God sent him to a, a land. And he said, this is going to be your land. And he gets there and he finds out other people own it. And God begins to speak to him in new and different ways. And he's going to have a child. And yeah, he has a child, but he actually ends up having another child. And boy, there's all kinds of problems. And, and his, his headaches, it seems to me, as you read the scripture, just seem to increase and increase and increase. And you sit there and say, yeah, I want to be a favored like Abraham. There are preachers today that will say God wants to favor you. He wants to make you rich and happy and filled with all kinds of material things. But that's not what the scripture says. Read it carefully. Job was favored by God. Now, if you know the story, if you don't know the story of Job, I encourage you to find it in the Bible. There's a whole book entitled Job. It's not Job, it's Job. It reads like Job. And you read through that and you realize that God favored Job, one of his favorites. And look at his life. Be careful. Do you want to be one of God's favorite? Mary, you remember, what does the angel say? 
You who are not just favored, highly favored. You're going to have God's child. And Mary miraculously says, whatever you say. Yeah, sounds great to me. I bet you she had no idea that meant she was going to give birth to a baby by herself in a manger somewhere. You see, God doesn't promise us a great, wonderful, no pain, no suffering life. What he offers us is his presence through it, which will give us strength and peace. And in the midst of that, he'll begin to do incredible things. The baby was the son of the almighty God. You see, when you are favored by God, God's favor falls upon you. And what's the angel say? You will have what? What's it say? What's the angel say? You will have what? Does it say you'll have a great life and no problems? Great joy. But he says in this instance, he says, and to men of earth on whom his favor rests, you will have what? Peace. Thank you. Somebody left the Bible. Good. You will have peace. That's what he offers. Our world knows nothing about peace, but the presence of God in your life brings peace. And if God favors you, no matter what happens to you, you will stand there with peace in your heart, knowing that God still loves me. You can't take that away. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was highly favored by God. Listen very carefully. Highly favored by God, his only son. And yet he allowed the world to beat him up and hang him on a cross. And throughout all of that, Jesus said, I know my father loves me. And he offered himself. And God has done incredible things by bringing us peace. Peace in our relationship with God. Through the death of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Do you want to be God's favorite? He offers you peace. Peace through the presence of His Spirit, through the struggles and the trials. He doesn't promise to take away struggles and trials, He offers you peace through it. And then the multitude shows up. The multitude. And one of the reasons we can have peace is because this multitude comes and begins to celebrate and rejoice and praise God. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Where in the midst of the struggle and the trial, all of a sudden God shows up and you can't help but praise him enough. If you haven't experienced that, open yourself up to the spirit of God because the multitudes will begin to show up. The multitudes will begin to rejoice and you will begin to rejoice. I, I want you to think about the heavenly host because, you know, uh, we, we talk about them like they're these ephemeral beings that just kind of flit around in the sky. But you may, you may remember when angels show up, most human beings think they're another human being. That just look really different. And one of the neat things about the heavenly host is there is a heavenly host in heaven right now praising God, praising God that you're here, praising God that he's doing new things on the earth, praising God that we can celebrate his son's life, praising God over and over. That's what they do all the time. They praise God. As a matter of fact, when you die, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will go to heaven. You know what you will do? Take a nap. No, you won't. 
You'll be so stinking excited, you won't know what to do with yourself. And all you'll be able to do is praise God. Start practicing now, folks. Be ashamed to get up there and say, well, I don't know how to thank you, God, because I never thanked you before in my life. Start praising him now, because when you get there, there's going to be a heavenly host. I want you to remember that in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, as John is looking at heaven, and then he looks at earth, and then he looks at heaven, he gets these images, and he looks at heaven this one time. And there before him was a great multitude that no one could count, a heavenly host from every tribe and nation and, and people and language. And, and they were standing before the throne of the Lamb and they were wearing robes that, and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's exciting stuff. That's what Jesus offers us. A chance to celebrate his love for us over and over and over again. How are you celebrating Christmas this year? Are you one of God's favorites? That's what God's favorites do. They celebrate his love over and over and over again. Every day start looking for where God is at work and celebrate it. Don't just see it. Celebrate it. And you'll be ready when Jesus comes for you. Lastly, it's for the shepherds. And, you know, we forget. We, we look at the shepherds and we think, well, you know, shepherds were good guys and all that. In, in ancient Israel, shepherds were not good people. They were not seen as good people. They were seen as dirty. They were kept out of the city. They weren't seen as nice people. They were pretty tough. They were a tough crowd. They, they, they were out in the fields and they watched their sheep. And if a bear came along, they'd fight them off. The good shepherds. The good shepherds were seen as pretty tough people. Kind of like gangland type people. Outcasts. Many thought, oh, they would never be accepted by God. God would never love them. They were like Gentiles. They, they were like tax collectors. They, 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 they were on the outside. And yet I want you to hear that Jesus came to them. Or God came to them to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. God came to those outside. To the least. God came to the least. And shared with them his son. And in so doing offered them the greatest gift they could ever receive. That's why the shepherds are so excited. They go running in. They got to check this out. What is this all about? Because the angels came to them. Did you hear in the skit this morning? Uh, they stopped and, and the, the one shepherd keeps saying, I, I don't get it. Why did God come and share this news with us? Because that's who God is. God cares for the least. You can't be far enough from God for God to not care about you. God loves you right where you are. And he's calling you to come to him. Come to the manger. Come put yourself in his presence and in his love and experience what true love really is all about. That's what he offers this morning. That's the good news. That he takes the least of the least, the outcasts, the ones other people have given up on, and he chooses them to share the good news of his love. He chose, he chose you. He chose you this morning. He chose you just like you are. 
He wants you to know how much he loves you. He loves you so much that he says, hey, I want you this Christmas to see once again. This is my son who was born for you. And he wasn't just born for you. He was born to die for you. And he wasn't just born to die for you. He was born to rise, rise again from the dead for you. You can't be bad enough. You can't be bad enough for God. He'll love you anyway. You know what's neat about that? The same is true then, should be true for us. There should be no one in this world who is evil enough that we can't love them. No one. No one. That's good news. That's hard good news, isn't it? Because there are those that we decide we shouldn't love or can't love or won't love. And Jesus comes to us this Christmas and says it's time to let go. Let go of the anger and the hurt. Let go. Let go of trying to be so perfect and learn what it is to be loved and to love. Let go. And let Jesus come into your life and begin to really make you who he wants you to be. That's the good news. God sent his son. Actually, it's not just good news. It's great news. That Jesus loves you. And that God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. That you might have life. And have it more abundant. Where are you at this Christmas? Where are you at? It's Christmas time. Do you have great joy in your life? Let me suggest some things. First of all, I think one of the reasons we struggle with great joy in our lives is because we hang on to things we got to let go of. And we hang on to them sometimes because we think they're our support, our strength, uh, what, what can get us through. And the truth of the matter is only the love of God through Jesus Christ can get you through. Let go of those things. This Christmas, strive to be God's favorite. Just strive to be his favorite, which simply means allow his love to come into your life. And share his love with somebody else. Anybody. Everybody. Be like God. Jesus, when Jesus walked this earth, he loved everybody. Sometimes it meant he got up in their face and said, hey, you got a problem. Other times it meant that he healed them. Other times it meant that that he worked and and listened to them and shared the love that he has for them and and cared for them and, and encouraged them and lifted them up. What are you doing to show God's love? Are you God's favorite? Lastly, this morning. Are you allowing the love of Jesus To save you. To save you. To transform you. To make you like him. It starts by saying yes to him. It starts by saying, okay, Jesus, I believe. Not that you were just a human being came that came, but that you are the son of God, that you were sent by God to die on the cross 
for my sins, that I might be forgiven, that I might have this gift of forgiveness and grace in my life. And I'm tired of holding on to all the problems and all the struggles and all the hurts. I need to be forgiven and I need to know how to forgive. If you would say, Jesus, help me, he'll come this morning and he'll begin to wash away all those nasty things, that dirty heart that you have. He'll begin to massage it and wash it. And as he begins to do that, he'll begin to call you to follow him and he'll give you purpose and direction just like he did the shepherds. But that's up to you. That's up to you this morning. How will you respond? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together this morning and for your word. Thank you for the challenge that you give us. Thank you for the good news. Help us, Lord, to be a people of good news. To continue to share your love with the least. With those other people have given up on. We we need your, your love to truly be able to do that. Give us wisdom and grace in that. Lord Jesus, be with us this Christmas time and fill us with the good news. The good news that you have chosen us and because you have chosen us, uh, we are your favorite. The good news that in the midst of that, you give us peace. Uh, Lord Jesus, help us to hold on to your presence in our lives that, that we might experience your peace every day, reminding ourselves that you love us even in the troubles and the struggles we face and that that love overcomes all. We pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that each one here would have experienced the gift of your son, Jesus, the salvation that you offer us, the forgiveness, the transformation of our hearts. Lord Jesus, uh, I know there are some here who have never said yes to you, that they come to church and they they want to feel good and they the church may even give them a boost once in a while. But they've never really committed to you. And so they don't know what a transformed heart can really be. Lord, some have held on to bitterness and hurt for way too long. We pray this morning that you would touch them and that they would open their heart to you. And that they would experience forgiveness and love. Unconditional love. For the first time. We ask these things in Jesus name. Amen.